Alright, well, welcome back, dear listeners, to the Fatal Conceits podcast. As you know by now, it's a show about money, markets, mobs, and manias, not necessarily in that order. Uh, if you've not already done so, please head over to the Bonner Private Research Substack page. You can find us at bonnerprivateresearch.substack.com, where there are now hundreds of articles on everything from high finance to lowly politics and everything in between. There's plenty of research reports there, of course, by our macro analyst, Dan Denning, and investment director, Tom Dyson, as well as plenty of Bill Bonner's daily musings. You won't find them anywhere else. Uh, and in addition, of course, there are many more conversations just like this on the Fatal Conceits podcast. Grab that at the tab on the top of the page. And uh, speaking of which, I'm delighted today to welcome uh, um, a, a newcomer to the show for, for the very first time. Mr. M.N. Gordon is the editorial director and publisher of the Economic Prism newsletter. I'll provide a, uh, a link in the transcript to this so you can head on over there. <laughs> Uh, in particular, check out the library. You'll find plenty of usual suspects from uh, Mr. Hayek to Hazlitt to Mises and uh, all the rest of those uh, free market uh, kind, oriented kind of uh, gentlemen. So uh, without further ado, uh, Mr. M.N. Gordon, welcome to the program. Hey, Joel. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, not a problem. Not a problem. Now, uh, we've got so much to talk about, uh, as is just the case <laughs> whenever we sit down uh, these days, there's, uh, you know, we had the uh, remarks from Mr. Powell yesterday. There's real estate to discuss, credit markets, the dollar, uh, on and on. But uh, one thing I wanted to start with uh, here is a story I, I, I read uh, over on your economic, economic Prism website. And uh, I think it's really instructive. I think a lot of people in America are thinking uh, along these lines at the moment. And that is your Exodus story from. California. Why don't you just kind of kick us off by telling us a little bit about how you got out of the sunshine tax state? <laughs> yeah, you bet. Um, yeah, so I'm a, a native of Southern California, uh, born and raised there and and worked, uh, you know, for many years there in, in my career. And, um, you know, over the years, it just became uh, more and more intolerable of a place to be. Um, certainly, uh, you know, the, the high taxes um, and, and wacky politics have always been been kind of a part of, of California. Um, but it really kind of turned ugly or, or just just more and more intolerable during kind of the, 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 the COVID uh, lockdown that had taken place. And, um, you know, my my wife and my kids, we were just eager to, to get out and, and try something else and look for a place that uh, maybe has a, a lighter touch. Uh, from the government, uh, more more favorable tax policies, uh, lower cost of living, and um, yeah, so we certainly found that in uh, in Knoxville, Tennessee. So we moved out here uh, in July. Uh, so been here for several months, and and we're really enjoying it so far. Uh, really, really liking the, um, the 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 green and and wet condition. Uh, not not being in the the perpetual nice drought is, is a nice change for sure. And yeah, certainly, um, you know, more of a, a, a freedom uh, feel here, no state tax and, and lower cost of living. So it's it's turning out to be a really great move for us. Fantastic. So it, I read in your article, you were, as many other Californians uh, are doing, my wife and I actually, we were just in Austin, Texas a couple of months back and uh, 
ran randomly into a, a group of uh, people who referred to themselves as California refugees. You know, <laughs> a, there are these there are these pockets. It seems like all around the country in Austin, uh, you know, in other in, in other states. You guys looked at a few other places. I think it was it Arizona, Nevada, Texas, Florida, but none of them kind of floated your boat for various reasons. What was your yeah, kind of that's criteria? Right. Yeah, you know, I, I think for us, it was really finding finding that, that lower cost of living, um, finding uh, somewhere that, that had kind of very good access to, to nature. You know, I, I grew up um, at the beach and, you know, really connected with the beach in my youth and, and in my early adulthood. And, and the older I got, kind of the, the more appealing the, uh, the mountains became for me. Um, you know, I, the California certainly has, uh, mountains that you can go to, but they're, they're kind of tinder boxes, you know, you don't want to <laughs> really spend much time with them and, and, uh, you, you know, certainly wouldn't want to, want to live there. And, and, uh, while, while the mountains in, in East Tennessee, the, 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 you know, we've got quick access to the Smoky Mountains here while they're certainly more subtle, um, you know, the, the peaks are lower and, and what have you, they, they, they really are uh, livable and, and, and very beautiful and, and enjoyable uh, to spend time in. So that was certainly something that attracted us to this area. And you mentioned uh, your, your wife and kids, obviously it was, it was a more appealing uh, environment for, for a family in, in addition, in addition to uh, just the great outdoors and having sort of easy access to, lush uh mountains out there on the, the uh right. smoky mountains what about uh things like schooling um i'm interested in this in particular as a as a father of a young uh young daughter um were the kinds of of uh i don't want to call them grievances but sort of complaints that you had pre-covid did you find those kind of exacerbated during you know, with lockdowns and that kind of stuff. Was that sort of prevalent where you were in Southern California? Yeah, yeah. So that that was also a big part of it. So my son is is 15. He'll he'll be 16 uh next month or later this month actually. And and uh so he's in high school and um you know the school he was going to the the local public school in Long Beach has about four thousand kids there and and you know they they shut it down of course during during COVID and and when they reopened it um, you know, it really seemed like, um, you know, that the kids just went back and, and, and were really, um, really kind of, you know, really kind of wild or what have you. And, and anyhow, <laughs> it just turned into a rough situation. There was an incident where the, um, the school safety officer ended up, um, you know, shooting and killing a, a woman that was fighting one of the students right in the street wow. in front of the school. Oh, and then, yeah, so it was 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 really kind of crazy, and then the um, and then just you know during during COVID and and kind of this this prevalence of of kind of the, the, this woke ideology had had seemed to to come into the school, um, you know, several years ago the 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 state of California kind of created a, a third alternative when you apply for a driver's license, so you can be you know male, female, or or X. Right. Oh, and, right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, then you know, my my son's got a teacher that doesn't, you know, is, is clearly a Mister, but but he goes by by MX Mix because that's gotcha. what's on his driver's license, and you know, just just a lot of that kind of nonsense. So, um, you know, that, we, that, we that teacher wasn't didn't happen to be the biology teacher, did they? <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Creates a little conflict. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, we were, we were eager to get out of there for, for those reasons. And, and certainly, um, you know, don't, don't want to be too negative on it here, but, but that was also, you know, certainly part of the, the factors and, in, in uh, yeah. our, our decision to leave. Yeah. And so, how have you, so how have you found it then in, in Tennessee? Because one of the things that you mentioned in the article, and actually one of the things that the, uh, this group of California refugees uh, sort of impressed upon me when we met them uh, in Texas was exactly what you would have said, which is, you know, don't, don't California our Tennessee or don't California our Wyoming or, you know, whatever it is. Um, you know, we, we think of places like Tennessee and like Texas as being, you know, full of brimming with Southern hospitality and, and very warm and welcoming, but, I, I can see that there would be a little reticence when, you know, you see this kind of brigade of California number plates just kind of, you know, teeming over the hills. How have you found the welcome uh, there in, in East Tennessee? Right. Yeah. I mean, o- overall, the welcome's been great. The, the people are very friendly and, and, and accommodating. You know, the, we, we certainly have gotten some some odd reactions from people, you know, when, when, when we, we say we're from, from Long Beach, California and just moved here and, and we have gotten some, um, you know, v- very few, but, but some, some people that, that seem visibly kind of, um, you know, outraged or, or what have you that, that we moved here. We, we had one experience where we stopped by the, you know, that the Lake Marina and we're talking to the, the lady at the boathouse and she found out we were from Long Beach and, you know, she, she really kind of, um, started questioning why we would move there and and what have mm-hmm. you, and I I think you know that that's what it is 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 they're just you know they're they're protective of 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 the Tennessee that they have right they right. they don't right. want um, liberal policies coming in and kind of taking over the the schools or the government whether that's you know li- limiting freedoms or increasing taxes or creating you know these these um, massive social programs that you have in California um, so I I think that's kind of what it comes down to and. You know yeah. they'll they'll warm up to you pretty quickly once you start right. talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of one of the things I liked uh, that you you mentioned in your article is that uh, it, you know a lot of times people think that those who are coming from California or maybe sort of Illinois or New York or or wherever else and seeking refuge elsewhere, uh, you know, they think maybe they they do want to bring their their uh, sort of woke policies or what have you to the school boards there, but. Actually, it's people like yourself who know full well, you know, have been on the front lines of of this kind of, uh, you know, it's really gotten to sort of a fever pitch just in the past few years. Um, you know, you see exactly what has happened up front, whether it's at the school or with, you know, taxes or, you know, real estate prices or whatever, it is, crime, homelessness, you know, drug sure. problems. Um, so I, I find actually a lot of the people who have moved away from those places, they may have been, you know, they may have been very progressive uh, to begin with. They moved to the Bay Area and then all of a sudden they <laughs> see the end game of those policies and they think, oh, I've got to get out of here. Even if uh, even if I vote, you know, if I'm centrist or if I vote a little left, this is this has just gotten out of hand uh, here. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's certainly certainly accurate. You know, I, I think people that are, are looking to, to leave California or, or other kind of kind of liberal uh, dominated cities are, are um, you know, looking to get to places that, that have greater freedom and, and are not wanting to recreate kind of the, the situation that, that they're <laughs> escaping from. So. Right. So, so then let's talk about, um, the kind of nuts and bolts of your, uh, of your exodus with regards to, 
selling your home. You, you, you mentioned that you had a story with, uh, with, with regards to open door. Um, and for those readers who, uh, or listeners rather, who are perhaps un, unfamiliar, I, I actually wrote something somewhat similar about Zillow. It was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, one of these online real estate, uh, what would you call them? A market maker. Uh, they have a sort of very, wear various hats, uh, I guess. Um, but what, what was your, your experience with unloading, uh, California real estate and getting into the Tennessee market? Right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I used open door, which I, you know, they, they refer to themselves as a iBuyer. I guess that's kind of the, the, the buzzword, but you know, the, mm-hmm. essentially they use, you know, their, their digital pricing models to make, make offers on houses, you know, cash offers. And then, you know, they kind of make light touch-ups to the houses and then, then flip them back onto the market. And so, you know, it was about June of this year when, when we were looking to sell our house and I'd heard a bunch of commercials on the radio about how uh, easy it is to sell your house with, with open doors. So I, um, you know, reached out to them and, and got a, a price quote and it was a, a, a price quote that I was certainly happy with and, and, and was, was ready to take. Um, however, I, I wanted to just see what, um, what sort of price I could get. Perhaps I could get a better price if I went with the traditional approach. And so I got an agent and, and, you know, they staged the house and took a bunch of nice pictures and, and had, um, open houses over a series of two weekends. And this was early June. So it's right when, you know, the mortgage rates had, had spiked up above 6% uh, for the first time. And, and while we got a lot of traffic, we didn't get any offers. Right. And um, <laughs> yeah, and so it was, you know, we, we, we really need to, to get out of California. We want to get into Tennessee before the next school year starts. And, um, and so I went back to open door and this was, you know, maybe three weeks after my initial offer and spoke to the same person there who had given me the, the initial offer. And so he came back with a, a new offer that was actually higher than the first one that, that they had given me. And um, so clearly they weren't um, recognizing what was going on with the market. And so, you know, certainly I, I jumped at that offer and, yeah. and, and took it <laughs> and, and it was... Um, was you know their their process was was really simple you know I, I got all my stuff moved out took some pictures uploaded it to the website uh, put the keys in a lockbox that they had mailed me on the door and and um and I left right and and then they they you know wired the money to my account and it was 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 really smooth and simple um, but then after that I. I you know, been, been following what's been going on with that house, my former house. And, and so about two weeks after, you know, I'd sold it to open door, um, they had put it back on the market. They had gone through and, and really just done some, some interior painting on the walls, uh, not, nothing major. Um, we had some more colorful paints and, and so perhaps they just wanted something more neutral, who knows? And so they, mm-hmm. they put it back on the market for, uh, for sixty thousand less than they bought it from us for, so it was wow. You know, and th- they, that was they, only a co- what? What was the time frame there? That was just a few weeks. Yeah, it was. It was literally two weeks after they wow. bought it from us. So I, I don't know, you know, why they didn't recognize that before they bought it from us, but but after they bought it, clearly they realized that that they paid too much. So they put it on for sixty thousand less, and um. And then it still hasn't sold. They've been dropping the price every several weeks. 
And so we're going on 110 days and, and it's, you know, over $110,000 <laughs> less than, than what they bought it from us for. My and, goodness. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty wild. And so that kind of got me into really looking at, at open door as a company and, and what's going on. And, and I, you know, wrote an article a couple of weeks ago about it. And, you know, there's from, it, it seems like there's countless examples out there of, of kind of my experience, you know, in, mm-hmm. in my article, I cited one um, in Colorado where open door had paid, you know, close to 780,000 for a house in, in April and, and then listed it for, for 870,000. And it didn't sell until October, so about six months later. And, and when they they sold it, it was for a hundred and fifty four thousand dollar loss. Oh, and wow. um, yeah, so so I'm not quite sure how the company expects to to make money that way. But um, you know what what I can. <laughs> it's <laughs> what a difficult to, is, difficult to make up losses on uh, difficult to make up losses on volume. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it, and so, you know, from what I can gather, you know, they have these these digital pricing models or, or these algorithms that they use, and and somehow they just they just missed it, right? That that mm. when interest rates rise, that it's you know ultimately gonna gonna cause the the prices to to drop, right? And and um, you know, interest rates or, or the price of credit really is is fundamental to the markets, and um, especially those that rely on large quantities of debt, right? So, like right. the housing markets, uh kind of a prime example of a market that that's really sensitive to to interest rates and and so as as the rates rise the the house prices you know kind of eventually must adjust downward to kind of balance out uh the the monthly mortgage payments that people have and so you know from what i can gather you know open door was kind of projecting this this trend outward that they had seen over the last several years and and when the inflection hit you know they they kind of just missed that um, missed kind of what was happening with the rising rates and and continued to load up on on houses that that they would eventually have to sell for a loss. Um, so so kind of a a wild um, a wild ride going on there. At, yeah, it's, at, it's at amazing too. It's amazing too that this happened uh, as you say, kind of in the in the summer months of this year because. Uh, uh, you know, Open Door had a, a, a forward example in Zillow that, you know, uh, over, I think it was, I'm, I may have to double check the, the years here, but I think it was uh, in 2019, 2020, Zillow did something similar where it used one of these sort of AI algorithms to, mm-hmm. you know, extrapolate straight lines into the future, which is never a good uh, undertaking <laughs> when you're dealing with human behavior and all of the complexities of something uh, you know, like a, like a real estate market, um, which can be hit by things like pandemics or, or economic downturns or, you know, rapid interest rate hikes, uh, all of which we've seen in the, in, in the past couple of years. And yeah, Zillow really got caught out as well, where they had just onboarded almost automatically this huge inventory of houses, uh, and, and properties that, you know, the, the algorithms had, weighed and decided were worth x amount um and hadn't factored in or adjusted for reality let's say and all of a sudden they were they were left with this this enormous inventory which of course has a carrying cost uh and then they have to if they can't rent out and i guess it depends on the contracts in different places but then they have to kind of sell into a falling market which can exacerbate the problem that in some ways they kind of caused in the first place but it's interesting that open door 
wouldn't have seen that as an example and maybe tweaked their own machine <laughs> learning a little bit in anticipation yeah, right. of exactly this. Right. Who knows? Yeah, that, that seems like a, a good example that they could have learned from. Perhaps right. <laughs> they, they, they thought they were smarter. I, I don't know. <laughs> so what's happened with the the price of, of Open Door, the share price of Open Door you mentioned had, right. had kind of cratered? What what's going on there? Yeah, yeah. So the share price is is really really circling the toilet bowl here. It was um, you know, I think it peaked out around $35 per share in, in early 2021. Mm-hmm. And now it's down to um, you know, somewhere around a dollar eighty or so. So it's it's you know, that, wow. that's a loss of, of over ninety-five percent. Um, you know, and, and, and meanwhile, the, um, the company recently, recently laid off 20% of their staff. Um, so, so kind of a, a ugly situation, uh, for the company, um, you know, per, perhaps that that's an opportunity, uh, for, right. for uh, you know, I, I wouldn't call it in investing, may, maybe speculating. Um, but when I was, was, was kind of doing research for the article on, on Open Door, I came across um, some writing from an analyst named named Luke Longo, who who writes for Investor Place. And so he kind of made the statement that Open Door today could be like buying Amazon in, in 1997. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that, that seemed like a, a bold claim to me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, who, who wouldn't want to have bought Amazon in, in 1997? Um, right. So... You know, kind another of, company, another company that, of course, was you know uh, was cut in half any number of times on its way to you know what it would uh, eventually become, and has uh, as, along with uh, the rest of the tech sector come off considerably. Uh, you know, since its highs, whatever it was a year ago or something like that. But yeah, you do see these these. Um, I, I mean, ninety five percent would be maybe generous to call it a dip. That's pretty much a, right. a, a hatchet job. But at some at some point somewhere, um, you know, assuming there's not bankruptcy and insolvency, or there's you know there's going to be an, an attractive discount. Ninety five percent. Your what was your experience like with Open Door? It seemed like it was pretty open to shut, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as the company, you know, their their user interface was was really simple, and and you know, the entering my my info into the website, and then then contacting the uh, the the you know actual uh, staff person there who we did a walkthrough on 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 Zoom and and what have you, and you know, as far as going through the close and getting the the money uh, credited to my account, it. I mean, they they certainly operated like a like a professional yeah. business. So they, you know, did, weren't weren't um, you know, winging it, I guess, as they were going. Um, so in that sense, I mean, they they seem to operate like a a, a, a good business. Um, mm. You know, who knows if they can survive this? Um, you know, these losses that they're taking, and and you know, their their share price is is reflecting that. Um, yeah, I wonder yeah. what these. Uh, I, I wonder what these uh, sort of big mass buyers, whether they be you know the the Black Rocks or the or the big funds mm-hmm. of the world, but also you know outfits like Redfin, like Open Door, like Zillow, that are you know just automatically uh, vacuuming up these you know thousands or tens of thousands of residents. I wonder what that does for that old. Uh, adage that you know real estate's about location 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 <clears throat> if if these if these you know if the buying and selling is going to be done by uh you know 
artificial quote unquote intelligence that just algorithmically determines what entire regions are worth and then comes in with enough, you know, capital, enough muscle to mm-hmm. move markets if if we're not going to have severe aberrations like this um, more more in the future. It's interesting to think about. Yeah, yeah, that is an interesting idea. And I don't know, right, if, if they ultimately end up owning a lot of these houses that they can't sell, you know, without taking a, a major loss, if, if they end up just becoming, you know, these these large scale renters or what have you and, until mm-hmm. the, the, you know, market bounces back. I, I don't know. That's certainly a, a, a interesting idea to, to think about. All right. So, what, mate, what's on the uh, on the future uh, for you guys now that you've made the exodus? Now that you're out in out in Tennessee, what 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 are you and the family got uh, got programmed for for the next uh, the next couple of years? You've got a bit more schooling for the kiddos, and then yeah, yeah. My son's you know wrapping up up high school here over the next few years. Um, I've got a daughter that that's ten. She's in in fourth grade, and and we um, homeschool her kind of through a co-op where she goes to school two days a week. And that was something that we started back in California. You know, she was in first grade when the the pandemic hit, and and we just couldn't have her, you know, on Zoom calls uh, seven hours a day trying to learn that way. So that that's when we uh we switched to the homeschooling for her, and and it's turned out to be a, a really good. Uh, good thing for her but um yeah as far as long-term plans i mean we're trying to to settle in and and you know make this our our home and and become connected to the community here and and um you know getting out and exploring the the city and the surrounding areas and um so yeah i guess that's kind of our our short-term and, and long-term plans are to yeah to, you know kind of kind of get get connected here that's that's fantastic we've got uh our uh, macro analyst, Mr. Dan Denning up there, uh, freezing on the high plains of Laramie <laughs> at the moment. And it was a, it was a couple of years ago. He did a, uh, a bolt hole project where he drove these thousands of miles around, around the country looking for the best spots with, uh, you know, his particular, um, you know, checklist of, of what he wanted in, in various places. But it does seem like there are a lot of people who are kind of, you know, peering over their state fence and thinking, "Hey, maybe, uh, maybe there's not a better life for me somewhere else." So, uh, congratulations, mate! Best of uh, best of luck with you and the family out there in East Tennessee. It's a place I haven't visited, so I'm, uh, maybe uh, put that on the to visit list in the future. But uh, MN Gordon, thank you so much for your time today, mate, and uh, I'll include an, a link to Economic Prism and please readers, listeners. Viewers, what have you, do head over there uh, and check out uh, Mr. Gordon's work. And, of course, check out our own Substack page. Again, that's bonapriverateresearch.substack.com. And uh, we'll catch you again next week. Thank you. Thank you.